You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 177. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 177. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Baby doll. Hey, girl. You you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm a little nervous for today. I am, too. I'm still kind of hungover, if you will. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, uh... I'm I am nervous because it's such a polarizing topic. It really is. That's our that's the state of our nation though. So I mean It, it is. It is. And uh, you know, you're the one to do it. Oh, thanks, babe. You know, if anybody can bring us together the joy junkie. <laughs> I don't know about that, but thank you so much. Uh so welcome everybody. Today's topic is the Joy Junkie's guide to dealing with the Trump presidency. And if you are like so many people in in our inner circle, you were pretty rocked by the news of the results. Yeah. And the election of uh, Trump into the highest office of the land. And I realized very quickly as I was going through my own massive mourning and grieving that there were a ton of people in our community that could really use some support around this. Yeah. And and I've seen people on both sides handle themselves in ways that are incredibly unproductive and not helpful and not getting your point across and not effective. And I've also seen people on both sides be pretty amazing and loving and kind to one another. So I thought, hey, let's use a little bit of our uh, cyber real estate and get get a positive message about what we actually can do, you know, because I think there's a lot of people feeling really helpless and really misunderstood and not heard and not listened to. And there's actually so much that really is in our power. Yeah. So we're going to talk all about that today. And then just, you know, a little disclaimer. This is This is not at all a right wing bashing I you will you know so if you are a Trump supporter you are not going to hear you know a diatribe about how much we hate him and how you know anything like that you're going to hear about an inspiration to step into the most powerful element of who you are and I truly believe that the only way that we can make progress in our in our politics, but also even in our interpersonal relationships, is if we're prepared to listen and if we're prepared to be kind. You yeah. know, we don't have to agree with each other at all in order to be kind. This to one is another. true. This is true. So that's what we're going to talk about. So I just wanted to throw that out as a little caveat that this is not a bashing. This is not going to be acrimonious or abhorrent towards the left or towards the right, rather. It's just uh, unproductive. But yes. We're so glad that you're here, and I'm honored that you are willing to listen to me sound off about this, and I think we're going to have a really good time today. Let's do it. All right. Let's have a good time. Let's have a good time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously this is a big deal. This is a lot of big stuff. So in order to kind of break it up a little bit, why don't we start with uh, your segment, Baby Doll? Speaking of a good time. Would you rather... Would you rather? So, oh shit! Oh, oh, alarm! It's telling oh, you. Would you rather time? It was. <laughs> would you rather time? It's time for your would you rather. Uh, okay, would you rather be followed for the rest of your life by someone announcing your arrival at the top of their lungs? Everywhere you went. Everywhere you went. Anytime you went into a, past a doorway where people were, or into an area where people are. <laughs> They would, at the top of their lungs, announce you. Everyone, please welcome Mr. 
Smith! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or. Which would be amazing going into like a bar and stuff. Yeah, but it'd be a little annoying after a while. Yeah. We're talking about the rest of your life. The rest of your life, like going to work and. Yeah. Going to the bathroom. DMV. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my or gosh. like, uh, I don't know. Or like you go to you, an STD clinic. Wow. <laughs> or you're you're going into your college class and you're late. Right. <laughs> yeah, everywhere you went, even if you were early, that would suck. Oh my gosh. Okay. Or or, or by a very grumpy grandpa. Oh, you're just followed around by a grumpy grandpa. Mm-hmm. And he's always complaining about things, and you have to wait for him. And yeah. oh. Always have Grumpy Grandpa hanging on to your oh, coattail. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I was like, wait, just somebody yells or Grumpy Grandpa yells? Like, I was confused. Oh, just, but just a Grumpy Grandpa. He's he's just following you around being grumpy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, that's hard for me, being a joy junkie, right? <laughs> uh, because that negativity, I can't stand to be around such negativity all the time. And as much as you, as you would try to, like, influence your joy junkie-isms into him... To no avail. Never to no avail. Make any dent in his uh, grumpy angerness. Um, oh my goodness! I think, but I do love attention. So if people announcing me, but then I could pretend if somebody was announcing me everywhere I went, I could pretend I didn't know them. I could always pretend I didn't know them. There you like, go. I don't know who he's talking about or who right. she's talking about. You'd have right. to have fun with it at some point. But that's a lot of yelling. But I don't go a lot of places. Like, I stay inside the house a lot, so I wouldn't have to worry about it in a work situation. I'm just trying to think, like, every time I go to Trader Joe's or... Anytime you went anywhere. So do they announce and then leave? <laughs> do they also no, they just follow? No, they just stand at the door waiting for you. Okay, so at least they're not at lurkers. Attention. Oh, my God. Lurkers. I, like... <laughs> I think I would pick the announcer. I think I would, too. You would, too? Yeah, just because it's a little bit more positive, and you could have a lot more fun with it than you can with a grumpy grandpa. A grumpy grandpa. You know what grumpy grandpa gets? What? A cold prickly. A cold prickly. <laughs> oh, that's right. So, we had this idea for a new thing. I had this idea of this new thing that I wanted to implement on the pod. So... Mr. Smith, when he was little, why don't you tell a story of, uh, about it? It was like first or second grade. Okay. <clears throat> Our English teacher had a system of, we had fun Fridays. Fun Fridays. Like the last Friday of the month was fun Friday. And if you were good, like if you got enough warm fuzzies yeah, on your little checklist like there was a, your name was on the board and if you got little warm fuzzies on there you got you had to have a certain amount of warm fuzzies and you could partake in the um, <laughs> in the, the fun, fun friday okay okay but, but if you but if you had more than a certain amount of cold pricklies then you couldn't and yes. you got sent to a room where you did your homework okay so this idea of having a warm fuzzy and a cold prickly kind of like has resonated in my life so it's it was a reward system a reward or system. a punishment system. Mm-hmm. So it got me thinking, you know, we were talking about this uh, the other week, and it reminded me a lot of Stephen Colbert's tip of the hat, wag, wag of, the of the finger, finger. Yeah, yeah. that he does mm-hmm. on his show. And I thought, why not do a cold, prickly, warm, fuzzy? Why uh, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, who would not want that? So Everybody needs that in their life. So the first cold, prickly is going out, too. Grumpy Grandpa. Grumpy Grandpa. Grumpy Grandpa gets the first cold prickly of the show. Yes. It's a historic moment, folks. It is. It's a historic moment. (laughs) So we're going to... So listen for that in the future, that we are going to award various people warm fuzzies or cold cold pricklies, pricklies, depending on our stance on the I'll look for that. I'll look for that. All right. So let's jump into today's topic of how, how do we deal with the Trump presidency? So... Gosh, it's, this is a big one. So I'm apologies in advance if this is lengthier than normal. But the first item of business, and I'm sure this is going to be a big surprise to everybody, is to really allow yourself to feel what you feel. <coughs> yes. And we kind of had a, a rough go with that. We kind of had to navigate that um, because it hit both of us very differently. Yeah. I Wednesday and Thursday were, were tough days. Were really hard. So Tuesday night, 
I stayed up fairly late and uh, ended up getting in the shower probably like around 11 o'clock at night and just realized the gravity of what was happening and that I was on the team that was not going to take the White House. (laughs) And very unexpectedly, right? Like really unexpectedly. I mean, I think the forecast was something like 73% in her favor, kind of across a lot of different polls. Nobody saw it coming. The media didn't see it. I mean, nobody really saw it coming. Yeah. And, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about that too. But I, so I got in the shower and I just started bawling my eyes out because I started thinking about the implications of this administration on the things that I hold dear, right? The things that I care about the most. And then the next morning, it really didn't stop. Like I, I pretty much could not stop crying that day. And I got on the phone with a client of mine and we were, she was very, way more in an angry place and I was way more in a, like I couldn't even converse with her because I was crying so much. And so we kind of said, let's, let's postpone this session, you know, and we just kind of talked and supported one another and and had a great conversation anyway. Hmm. But, uh, and you were explaining kind of where, what, what went on for you that day in feeling what you feel. Uh, I think for me, uh, you know, I tend to uh, internalize things. Right. Right. And I need to kind of be in my own headspace for a while before I'm able to really figure out where I'm at. So at least I know that about myself. Right. You know, I know that I really am not sure where I'm at until later. Yeah. And then I look back on it and go, oh, that's why I felt this way. That's why I acted this way. Right. So for me, it was more... um, it was more just getting through the shock period right. and getting to that acceptance level right. of, all right, we have somebody who has never governed in office. Right. That was the scariest part for me is, is not the, the, um, the rhetoric involved, but the actual capability capabilities of having someone like that in the office. Right. So it was, it was tough for me to get past that point. Right. And, uh, and, and feel like we are still in control of this thing. Right. You know, like, right. are the people really in control of this ship? Well, apparently we are. Right. 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 So I just it had to come to that acceptance level. Well, it's, it's so interesting that you bring that up because uh, I'll put a link to this in the show notes. But there is a, an SNL sketch that that just was released with Dave Chappelle as the, as the host. And oh, it was yeah. kind of the election night parties, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like the spoof on the election night parties. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this could have totally been my friends and family. For sure. Right? And so it's it basically depicts all of these white people watching the election results coming in and being just totally and completely dumbfounded that there's enough people in the world that still want to choose this as the option. And Dave Chappelle, and then there's the, uh, Chris Rock is also a guest, and they're kind of like, hello, you know, because all of these people <laughs> are kind of going, these people in this sketch are going it. like, I can't believe there's so much racism still. And the black people are kind of going, really? Um, like, where do you live? that's our reality. So the conversation that I've been having lately is, uh, what I've noticed is I feel like there's people in a couple of different camps. Now, is there a, a total alt-right white supremacist, racist grouping of people who voted for Trump. Absolutely. Absolutely there are. I mean, and we're seeing that all over the place with uh, the KKK demonstration happening in North Carolina, with uh, people being being uh, accosted, brutalized. I mean, we're seeing a lot of violence, right? Yeah. But I do think that there's a large grouping of the population who voted for reasons other than that. Who, who aren't necessarily voting against a black president or, or who are voting out of malice. I really believe that. And that's what I've been trying very, very hard to understand. And this is the conclusion that I've found. When I watched that sketch, that is so much how I felt, how a lot of my colleagues have felt, because as be, being a real liberal white person, I am around transgendered people, gay people, 
Muslim people, Mexican people, black people, like disabled people. I'm around all of these people. And that's who I was mourning greatly for all all throughout those those couple of days post-election was holy shit how this is going to affect that particular population. Yeah. And there was this additional level of Oh my God, I had no idea there was still this pervasive white population in that large of a number. Like to me, KKK is something of the past, right? That's like, that's something that's in like hillbilly areas, not North Carolina where I'm going to move. Yeah. Like where we're going to move. So I think there was this additional level of, oh my God, there's still, there's still this racism that exists. And because guess what? I've never been racially profiled no one's ever come at me because i wear a hijab nobody has ever beat me because i'm gay like there's so much of that stuff that is not my current reality it's not something i deal with day in and day out but it doesn't mean i don't acknowledge that it exists and i do think that we have that great fortune being in a liberal community that we do see the existence of it I right. do have countless tales of Muslim friends who have been accosted or threatened. Um, Mexican children who were terrified waking up that day. Like, I know these people. I understand that this is real. But I also think that there's a grouping of people who voted based off of a pro-life stance, voted based off of uh, wanting to vote against a, quote, establishment, whether or not I agree with that or not. There are people who voted based off of bringing more jobs and trade who also do not see the implications that happen to all of these other subcultures of people because it's quite simply doesn't affect them. Right. And I think that happened that happened for me when I really learned a lot about the Black Lives Matter movement because I same as the whole alt-right and you know the kkk and all the white supremacist organizations that are starting to really have a rise i was like that doesn't still exist so when the black lives matter thing started coming up i was like oh that doesn't happen until i started listening and i started hearing and seeing and communicating with a a black population who's saying we just want you to understand that because it's not your experience it doesn't mean it's not happening And that's really what this election has been for me, is that I think that there's a lot of people who don't see the effects of uh, immigrants being told that they're going to be shipped home. Like someone's just going to knock on their door. They're going to be scooped up at school. You know, they don't they don't know that little kid. Right. So it's so easy to go, oh, whatever. Or they don't see, you know, like I have colleagues right now who are who are a gay couple and they are fearful that their their son who is about to be born uh, will not be able to be legally the son of one of the wives who's Mm -hmm. not caring. Mm -hmm. And so there that is a real life situation that's happening. But if you don't if that's not what you're surrounded by, it's so easy to be like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't affect me. So I think that there's a lot of a lot of things that are happening. And my point in sharing all of that is I think it's very easy being on the left to say you chose this to be a racist. You chose this to be an asshole. You chose this to be a misogynist, to be a xenophobe. And I don't think that there's a lot of people who really did that. I think there, I think there are some for sure. sure. I think there's some that it's a greed thing, and it's about being in the top one percent and all of that. I think there's multiple, multiple reasons, but I think it would be a disservice for us to start name calling and chastising and telling everybody who did something that they really felt was in their best interest. Start name calling them and 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 being filled with hate, which is exactly what we're trying to oppose and surmount. Yeah. So I share that because I do know people in my own family who who have voted for Trump. And I know that at their heart, they aren't malicious and they aren't full of hate. They genuinely don't see the plight of all of these people who are going to be adversely affected. Right. No, I think you're right. You know, for, for me, I've been saying this for years, that the country needs a revolution. Right. We've fallen asleep. Yeah. We're all asleep. 
Yeah. And thinking that, eh, well, there's people that are running things. We're right. Cool. Yes. Right? And I think that's kind of what people are revolting against is that they're like, we need to wake up. Right. right. But it just happens to be wrapped in a person that has said a lot of divisive things. Right. 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 They're revolutionaries in, right. a, in many ways. Right. Because they're saying, you know what? We need to change this thing. Right. Just like the Arab Spring, just like all of these countries that are trying to take their country back. Right. So that's what I think this movement is about. It just yeah. so happens to be wrapped in all this divisiveness, which and is hate, sad. And, and, and please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that anything related to the Trump rhetoric campaign, that I'm advocating any of that, that I'm advocating voting for Trump, that I'm advocating any of that stuff. However, what I really do believe is that if we only focus on what we despise about the other people, we never hear them and they don't hear us. And just like what you say, you know, you see what you want to see. That's right. So if you're looking at all of these things that are, you know, divisive, then you're going to look at the things that cause division. Right. Right? So we ha- we've got to start finding some unity. So... This is this is really interesting, and, and I'm, I'm getting quite a bit off topic, and I will share mm. tons of other things. But I think this is important to have a conversation about uh, because I do think that we start to pigeonhole people and we go, okay, everybody on the left, they just want to give all, everybody's, all the rich people's money to all the poor people and all the immigrants and people who are lazy. And like, we, <coughs> oh, you, you liberal tards, right? And then we have... The opposite, which is saying everybody who supported Trump is a racist and a bigot and da-da-da-da-da-da. And there's a lot of people, I think, I think we just don't understand each other and we don't see what is important to each other unless we really stop and listen. And that does not mean that we ever have to agree. My personal stance, you know, I feel like it is, you know, the votes for Trump, you have to turn your turn a blind eye to the plight of a lot of these of Mexicans, Muslims, black people, all these people that he has offended. I think there's a certain responsibility there. But I also know that when you tell somebody, "Oh, by the way, your choice makes you a racist." Mm-hmm. They don't go, oh, you know what? You're totally right. Let me listen to your left-wing philosophy. That's exactly right. So I think we have to really watch how we handle ourselves in these moments. Because as I've said before, when you're if you're at odds with your spouse, right? If you're at odds with your mom and you come at them name calling, telling them that they're horrible, telling them that this is their responsibility and they're gonna burn in hell and they're gonna da-da-da-da-da-da. Does that ever make the other person go, you know what? You're right. And you know what? How can I support you better? How can we bridge this divide? Acrimony And bitterness will breed more acrimony and bitterness. If you stop and listen and be a little bit more kind and compassionate, it's more likely that you will open up kindness and compassion from the other side. Not always, but it's more likely. That's for sure. So I recently wrote a post about this and I shared it on my Facebook wall and I'll put a link in the show notes page. But I, I said, I put out a call to all of my Trump supporting friends and family and basically said, hey, I know that you're good people in your heart, but what I want you to understand is some of the experience that's coming from the left. So I'm sharing this with you not to say, change your t- change your thoughts on global warming or change your thoughts on military spending, but just to understand that we're all human too and there is literally millions of people, there are literally millions of people who are genuinely afraid for their life right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted them to see. And and so I shared it completely free of policy, com- free, completely free of anything other than humanity. So uh, again, I'll put that I'll put that uh up for you guys if you want to share it or or take a look at it because I really don't think that hate is the answer. Yeah. On either side. On either side ever. So, okay, back to where I was. Um, (laughs) Giving yourself really the permission to feel what you feel. So, for instance, I am furious about certain things, right? As you are. Yeah. We're pissed. We're angry. And so when I see 
memes that slander the right, it's easy for me to be like, fuck yeah, fuck you motherfuckers. Like, it's easy for me to do that, right? That's my gut response. And we know psychologically that we get an endorphin rush by slamming other people. There's actually a high we get by being like, bitch, what? I won, Mm -hmm. you know? So, of course, that's going to be what you feel initially. When you see somebody who you agree with, who maybe it's a hateful meme about Trump or, or, you know, bigots or right, white supremacy or whatever, of course you're going to have that surge of like, fuck yeah, right? But what I want you to understand is like you are always allowed to feel what you feel, but please be vigilant about your behavior and your words at this time. Because what we say and what we do as a community right now, no matter what community you're in, whether you're a conservative who wants to show a different side to this thing, how we conduct ourselves speaks volumes. And it is absolutely imperative that we handle ourselves with grace and kindness if we at all want to be heard by the other side. Period. Yep, yep, absolutely. Period. So... Give yourself that freedom. Feel what you feel, but please watch your behavior. And one of the things that that I always say is like, how would you respond to you? If you were on the other side, how would you respond to you? And oftentimes I talk about that in marital relationships, right? Like if you're ranting and raving and telling your husband why he fucking sucks at things, if you were on his side, how would you receive that information? Mm-hmm. So the same is true in, in something like this. You're allowed to be pissed. You're allowed to be fearful. You're allowed to be angry. You are allowed to be devastated. But watch how you communicate that. Are you communicating that in a way in which you are setting yourself up to be heard or made wrong? Because let me tell you, when you throw stones and when you get pissy, it is so easy to write you off. Yeah. As a liberal fucktard. <laughs> exactly. You know? So I really feel like I have been keeping Michelle Obama's mantra of when they go low, we go high. As kind of like the forefront of how I want to handle myself. Uh, that paired with, you know, my concept of grace and kindness. The concept of grace and kindness and why it's become a huge cornerstone of this business is around this idea that... <clears throat> We can stand up for ourselves. We can be assertive. We can voice our opinions. We can say things that are incredibly polarizing. We can ask for divorces. We can tell our adult children that they need to move out of the house. We can um, sever long-term friendships. And we can do all of those extremely challenging things with the utmost grace and kindness. This is no different. And I think it would be out of integrity for me if I said, no, this now is the time to be acerbic and abhorrent and vitriolic towards one another. No. Now more than ever, we need to be kind and graceful and assertive and fighting for what we believe in. Absolutely. And being in peaceful protests and donating to organizations that can help and volunteering and with grace and kindness. This is what I'm saying about waking up yeah like this is this is a great opportunity trump has given us a great opportunity to get more involved in our communities wake the fuck up that's right that's right wake the fuck up because this is where it starts is with you and i well i think on the ground doing what we feel is right and doing it with grace and kindness and doing it without that vitriolic behavior Mm -hmm. and really showing that we all are americans and not just a red or blue. That's right. Right? And there's certain things that I've seen come out of the left that I don't agree with. Absolutely. Like this. A lot of of things. These uh, people tearing apart property. It's like, come on. It's like. If you wouldn't want that done to you from the other side, like, don't do it yourself. It doesn't make any sense to go destroy someone's property because you didn't get your way. And yes, the anger is validated. That's what I'm, that's what I, you know, that's why I said feel, feel what you feel. Sure. Your anger is valid. You are allowed. But don't go and follow suit with behavior that's asinine like that. Right. Like vandalism. That doesn't get us anywhere. Exactly. Right? All it does is give the the people that are on the other side of the line to say, see, 
That's right. That's exactly right. And blame renders you powerless. So when you stand in a place of you're wrong, you're, in fact, we're, we're talking about this uh, in the class that I'm teaching right now, that it's so easy for us to say my mom sucks or Trump supporters suck or, you know, my boss sucks because guess what? Then you don't have to take any ownership. You can stay in your hate. Right. You can reside in your blame because it's all their fault, which gives you zero power and you're completely stagnant. Mm -hmm. You don't actually take any ownership of what you can do. And to your point about what it's inciting in all of us, I think it's waking me up to go, holy shit, there's still a ton of of white people who aren't like me. Yeah. Because I'm in this, you know, one of, one of my dear colleagues, Kira, was saying like, I'm in a bubble. I'm in a liberal bubble. And I'm like, fuck, me too. I have successfully distanced myself from a lot of the rhetoric from my family that I would consider racist or things like that. I just like cut them straight out, out of my life. And because it's not a pervasive part of my day in and day out life that I'm around multicultures all the time being in Southern California, like I, I have forgotten. Mm -hmm. I have forgotten exactly. that there are bigots and racists in astronomically large numbers that I did not realize. Yeah. So for that reason... I am so excited to be a part of a movement because you sure as fuck would not be hearing a political podcast from me if Hillary would have won. Yeah. I wouldn't be talking about this. I wouldn't be gearing up for a trip to D.C. in January. I wouldn't be talking about donating shit tons of money to various organizations like the ACLU and Planned Parenthood. I would not be doing anything activism related. Exactly my point. So there is a lot of good to be found here. Absolutely. So my second second item of business, second way to deal, is to really decide right now who you want to be. And I saw a really great uh, anecdote shared in a, in a group that I'm a part of. And she was driving in her car. She was in line at a drive-thru. She had a Hillary sticker on her back bumper. And she could see the people in the back mocking her, pointing, and being like, <laughs> ha-ha, laughing, right? So as she's driving through, she pays for the people behind her. Ah, uh, that's awesome. How and, cool is that? And that is an example of when you go low, we go high. Absolutely. So that's what I'm talking about. Oh, I get emotional about it. Aww. Because we have an opportunity here, you know? And it's absolutely counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive when when somebody makes us wrong or puts us down in any kind of way. Your instinct is to fight and to hate back because it's instinctual to mimic the emotion that's coming at you. I've said right. that before. When somebody honks at you in the car, your instinct is to be like, fuck you. Your Honk instinct right is to mimic the emotion. So, of course, we're going to be pissed if people are coming at us telling us you are not valuable or I don't care enough about the message it sends to little girls. I care more about trade. I care more about corruption and emails. That's theirs to feel, right? right. But, of course, we're going to feel slighted or we're going to have that feeling that feels horrible and awful and your, your instinct is going to be to retaliate. That's okay to have that instinct, but please know it's not, it's not effective. It's not effective. It will not allow you to be heard. So give yourself that, that permission to feel what you feel and channel it in ways in which you can, in which you can that are healthy for you. Ball your eyes out. Uh, go for runs. Paint. Sing. Get involved in music. Do something that allows you to expel that energy, but be very vigilant about what you express. I love it. So then decide who you want to be. And I had to really think about this because there was so much in me that was furious and I wanted to blame and I wanted to make everybody else wrong. And I wanted to just, I wanted to unleash hellfire. And then I had to think about myself and my company. And I had to think about the messages that I have broadcasted on this medium and on many others. And I had to think about who do I want to be even when we lost? 
Who do I want to be when we're kicked down? Because I believe that it is so easy easy for me to be the woman that I want to be around like-minded people. It's yep. easy for me to be who I want to be when we're when Barack won. Because exactly. my agenda was passed, right? Like that's easy for me to be who I want to be. It's easy for me to be the woman I want to be around you or around my coach colleagues. What it's hard for me to be the woman I want to be is in the face of opposition. In the face of people who hate me, who think I'm wrong, who think I'm a liberal fucktard. (laughs) And I say that because I see that all over the place, right? So this is my opportunity to be the woman I want to be in the face of that, in the face of that opposition. So that's what I want to encourage everybody out there to think about when you don't win, when somebody is slanderous towards you, when your family doesn't understand you. Who do you want to be? And just start crafting that. Uh, number three, watch colluding in hate and unify in love. And so we've really talked about this, you know, already quite a bit. And I've even tried to do this even in my, my interpersonal relationships where I'm very careful to collude about things that I'm not willing to take action on. Hmm. Don't waste your energy That's really good one. hating if you don't have any intention of doing any goddamn thing about it. If good you're going to sit back and fucking complain, you might as well just shut up. So if you're going to collude with other people, make it productive. And watch how much of it is focused on the problem. Watch how much of it is focused on the solution. And stay in the latter. And remember that hate hurts. Like if we put so much of our energy into hating them, that is so much less love and productivity and energy that we can put into the solution. Amen, sister. Number four, block, delete, unfollow, unfriend. If you're like me, you have (laughs) been amongst many different social media platforms that are littered with anger and vitriol. I have unfollowed a whole handful of people that I just don't want to litter my ether with that particular conversation. So here's what I suggest to do. And I know, I know how you feel about this. I don't, I don't have a problem engaging in, in thoughtful, respectful conversations with people who feel differently than I. Absolutely. But like I said before, you come at me with name calling on either side. I'm not interested. Right. Because you've already told me a lot about your character. I totally agree with you on that. And I would also argue that the conversations we need to have are not with the ones on Facebook. Not with the random person you went to high school with or your uncle who you never see. I think the conversations need to happen in our immediate circles. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think our conversations need to happen with our family members that we are close to. That, that we do actually care about those relationships. Now, that's not possible for everybody. I get that. That's definitely not possible for everybody. I feel extremely fortunate that when I, you know, I posted that I was grieving and that I was a huge mess. And my mom, who voted for Trump, uh, said, I'm praying for you, honey, today as you grieve. That was kind of her. Mm-hmm. That was kind of her. It was not malicious. So I refuse to look at that in a, like, and try to twist it and say, oh, she's being condescending. Or I, re- I, I know her heart, and I know that she, she genuinely doesn't want me in pain. Does she agree with me? Hell no. But she genuinely doesn't want to see me suffering. So I do think that there is a way to converse with people in a respectful way about polarizing topics. I don't think everybody has the skill set to do it. So I don't necessarily say, go out there, have all these conversations, because I don't (laughs) think they're all going to work. Right. I think it really depends on each individual person having that dialogue. I think my mom and I could have a good conversation. I think one of my cousins and I could have a good conversation. And then there's a whole slew of other ones who, who I honestly don't think it's possible based off of who we both are. So I think you have to watch that. But... I do think Facebook and getting involved in these constant battles is a fucking shitload waste of time. That's what I was going to say is it's easy for me to turn off Facebook uh, to not get involved in any social media because my business isn't run on it. 
Right. Mine is. Where yours is. <laughs> right. So you're in it. You, you have to flex muscles that I don't necessarily have to flex. But for that reason, I have actually been getting back into social media because I want to see what other people are saying and I want to hear what, what what's, is, happening. what's happening. Yeah. And unfortunately, Facebook is where we find it. Right. Uh, I, I can't look to media. I can't look to other things. But I can, in my daily life, I'm out of the house a lot more. Yep. Have conversations with people and get their opinions on things and find out why they voted. We even I've even had conversations with um, uh, colleagues about propositions yep. or uh, people I work with or particular clients that, you know, we're like, all right, I think that we are in this mode of really waking up and paying attention to what's happening in our governmental positions. Right. We're being, a, we're going to have to be a lot more vigilant about, right. about how we um, monitor what they're doing. Right. Because that's exactly why people voted. I, I think is because we have such a corruption in our system. Sure. That they feel like it doesn't matter we can still do what we want to do. Right. And we're still going to do all these things that we we want to do because the people really don't have a choice. Well, they just showed us that they we st- do have a choice. Right, right. So now I want to see how do we all come together as a people right? and start saying, all right, Trump's our guy. Let's see if we can get this going. Let's voice our opinions on, on um, some of the vitriolic pieces that he has said and say, look, right. maybe you're unaware Right. Of the full extent of your comment. Right? But it's up to us because he is our employee. Right, right. We right. pay him. I know, right? I know. Even though he has what however many billions of dollars. Right. We pay him to service us. Right. So we have to view it that way. And yeah, and I, I love that I love what you're talking about because I think that Again, we wouldn't be having these conversations. We wouldn't. Absolutely not. We wouldn't be, be talking about these. We wouldn't be um, organizing and getting involved. And and there there's a lot of beauty in that, right? Yeah. So back to blocking and deleting, unfollowing and unfriending. I know that I, I have totally blocked family members. It's like, to me, I feel like this is my house. You don't come into my house and shit on the walls and then expect me to be like, oh, I like what you did, you know? <laughs> Like my, that's how I view my Facebook stuff, you know? Yeah. So if you are not, if you are disrespectful, you're out. So I've blocked people. I've deleted friends, all of that. But what I, what I suggest for you, if you, if there's somebody in your life that you do not want to see a shit ton of negativity that they're posting, there's a little, if you don't know this automatically when you are friends with somebody you are also following them which means that you see what they post now there's an algorithm and so you don't see every single person that you follow but what what happens is if it shows up in your feed you can click on there's like a little tiny arrow on the right of every post that gives you options and one of the options is to unfollow someone if you unfollow them you're still friends but what it means is none of their posts show up in your newsfeed. Mm-hmm. So that's a great way to not have to deal with, wait a minute, are we not friends anymore? Because they don't know that. Right. You, you still look like your friends. They have no idea that you're not following them unless they do <laughs> massive reconnaissance, which is a little bit ridiculous. So that's a that's a really great avenue if you're sick of seeing that. If you're out there and you do a lot of business on social media, particularly Facebook, there's a Google plugin to hide the newsfeed. So if you're going into Facebook just to be a part of certain groups or just to run your pages and you don't want to get sucked into a really messy newsfeed, check out the Google plugin that allows you to hide it. Mm, um, that's cool. Yeah, that's a really good a really great option. It's a great for just productivity period before the election and all of that anyway. Sure. So number five, be really vigilant about what conversations you entertain. And this is kind of what we were talking about here. I think that we can learn very quickly if somebody's going to engage in a thoughtful, respectful conversation with us. So how we approach people, how we shut down conversations 
is all indicative of our character, right? Mm -hmm. So I am fully prepared to enter into holiday saying, I appreciate so much that you feel passionately about this, but I do not want to engage in this conversation. You can shut down any conversation you do not want to be a part of if it is becoming too hostile, if it's not being productive. Because the only way that this works is if the conversations are actually productive and we're kind with one another. Like you've had great conversations with a good friend of ours uh, named Nate, who tends to be far more to the left. Mm, And you guys... To the right. I'm sorry, far more to the right. And you guys both very calmly talk to each other, very respectfully, and you found some cool common ground. But that doesn't happen... It's the same way it's like marriage counseling doesn't work unless both parties are on board. Yeah. You have to make sure that both parties are willing to be respectful. We cannot dictate how other people are going to be. All we can do is decide how we're going to behave. Mm-hmm. So again, that goes back to that my whole point of decide who you want to be. Decide how you are going to converse about this. Decide what you will and will not entertain. Decide to if you want to be respected, to respect other people, no matter how much you cannot understand where they're coming from. Because guess what? They can't understand where you're coming from either. Exactly. They cannot understand exactly. why that is important to you. So we're in the, we're united in that, right? <laughs> right. So be really vigilant about conversations you entertain. If somebody comes at you really bitterly and angrily, you can say, hey, I would love to respectfully converse about this, but it's very hard for me to hear you when you yell like that. It's very hard for me to understand your point when you don't let me get a, a word in edgewise. You know, so these conversations are not at all easy. Not no. at all. And sometimes not even at all possible. But what I'm trying to point at is look at what is in your power. Look at who you are able to be and use your voice. Like if it's something that it's not going anywhere, excuse yourself from the conversation. Kindly with and gracefully. Yeah. And if it is something that you can foster, do it. Kindly and gracefully. Love it. Finally, number six, get involved. So there's a ton of, of lists that I have included on the show notes page. So again, if you go to thejoyjunkie.com slash 177, I've included a ton of organizations who could use your support, both financially and from a volunteer basis. But I want you guys to know a couple of things that that we're looking at. Obviously volunteering, obviously donating. One thing that we're, we've been talking about a lot in our household is foregoing Christmas gifts and and pulling all of the money that we would normally allocate towards Christmas gifts. Because nobody I'm giving Christmas gifts is in need. Like, right. they're not in need. They're just <laughs> fucking fine. They're going to be fine without an alcohol shaker or, you know, some new fucking socks. <laughs> I would so much rather, again, give it to somebody and an Who organization that really is in need, primarily Give for it in a, their name. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've talked... I, that's another thing that's come hugely out of the left that I don't know if I advocate for. Mm. Would I want a family member of mine to donate money to the Westboro Baptist Church? Like, you know? That's true. Of course I wouldn't. Of course I fucking wouldn't want that. So, to me, that's another... It's another way to be what we don't want to be. It's I another see. way to be who we don't want to be. So... But I would never have thought of this had I not done the work that I do. Had I not had such a strong platform about how I want to conduct myself. Because it's counterintuitive. You want to fight. You want to throw it in their face. You want to be like, oh, yeah? Well, look how hard it is now. You know, like you want to do that. But that's why I had to look at this bigger picture of who's the woman that I want to be. And I don't, if, if I wouldn't want it done to me, I'm not going to do it to somebody else. But I am going to use my resources and my voice and everything that our household can muster to put it towards things that I believe in. Yeah. So that's one thing that we're looking at doing. I'm sure you've heard by now about the safety pin that you can, it started from a movement that happened with Brexit to show that there are people who are allies for anyone who feels, you know, this was originally for the Brexit situation, now for this particular election. Anyone who is genuinely scared for their safety doesn't know if there's anyone around them who might step in and intervene if things got violent or if somebody starts yelling at them or telling them to go home or painting swastikas on their building or doing any other number of abhorrent behaviors. 
it's a symbol to say, like, I'm a safe individual. I'm somebody who is okay. Now, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on around this. Some people saying that, a, a lot of different commentary about it. My personal thought is, I want people to know that I'm on their side. And I want them to know that, that I am safe. And I'm ready. And I'm ready to step in, even if they don't see the fucking pin. I'm ready to call shit out. Because I think that's, that's what I can do. That is what I'm capable of doing. Right. And being smart about it and being safe and having making sure that I have pepper spray and making sure that I'm taking care of my myself and that I'm interve- intervening in a way, if necessary, that is also safe. That is like, oh my gosh, hey, come over here. I've got something to talk to you about instead of yelling and screaming and trying to start a fight. Right. But just trying to gently break things up. So anyway, the link to the safety pin article is also on the site in the show notes page. We talked about having conversations if they're if the if it's possible to have conversations with people who can mimic respect and please bring your respect a game you guys for sure. Uh, marches, demonstrations, you can Google that and find uh, various uh, demonstrations that are happening in your your particular community, and then finally listen, listen to people. As counterintuitive as that is. And as challenging as that is, what do we want? What do we want? We want to be fucking heard. Yeah. All we want is to be fucking heard. What does that take? That takes somebody else listening. That's right. So we need to mimic that ourselves. So, I mean, the whole moral of the story is really like the golden rule, right? It's like do unto others. If you would not want the other side to do that to you, don't fucking do it. Don't say it. Don't behave that way. Give yourself the expanse to feel what you feel, but watch what you say and do. So as for me and my household and this business and my community, I have already shut down conversations on my page that I'm like, nope, not allowed here. You can feel that and you can do whatever you need to do to process that anger, but I won't allow hate. And I I won't do it myself because when they go low, we go high. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for hanging in there for a much longer pod than normal. I think that yeah, is really important you. and would love to hear from you. As you know, I hang out quite a bit on Insta. So look for the memes on Insta and you can share with me what you what you thought of this episode. And just sending so much love to all of you out there because love trumps hate. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Out.